0: Oh, yeah. Chris must be golfing today because the open is short. (laughs) But Laura took care of it because all we need is this song. Crank it up, Laura. Oh, yeah. Well, at least early
1: part of the day, this song. (laughs) Right. Yeah, second half. Second half didn't work out.
2: Mr. Jackson. Lanzamiento viene. Batazo profundo Al jardín derecho. La pelota se va. Se va. Se va. Y despídala con un beso. Ocurrió lo que dije que podría ocurrir, que podría empatarse el juego, cuadrangular de tres caderas de Cory Berringer,
0: su primero en esta postemporada. se lleva de paso a dos compañeros,
1: y el juego está cinco a cinco.
0: Jaime Jarrín, look at that, a little special for you.
1: Cinco y cinco.
0: Sí, do you know what a home run is in Spanish?
1: Uh, He said it in that that sentence. Casa run.
0: Casa run? (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, I I didn't hear it. I thought I heard empanadas somewhere in there, but I wasn't sure.
0: Casa run. Whoa. (laughs) Quadrangular.
1: Say it one more time.
0: Quadrangular.
1: Quadrangular. Okay, well, that makes sense.
0: Quadrangular.
1: Quadrangular. I got to write it down and then practice it. That's all I know.
0: What it's a day, Four man. bases, you know, the quadrangular. Uh, See, is I, four, I heard
1: the quad know. part, and I could yeah. kind of put that together. But yeah, yeah, I need to. I need to. Like
0: a, like a, you know, yeah, yeah, like a rectangle, you know, sort of diamond. It'd actually
1: be, or a, or be a good class to teach Spanish for sports fans. Yeah, it's not a I bad think we idea. Can do that.
0: So the first part of the day was awesome.
1: It was, man. It was crazy. Gosh, I can't believe it. You know, the one thing I want to say though, George, is you never. You never stop believing in your team. And it doesn't matter who your team is, it doesn't matter what sport it is. You got to keep the faith, man. And I know, you know, they were dead. The announcers on TV were like, man, oh, man, this place is completely quiet and dead. You could hear a pin drop in this place. I got it. But you got to believe, you got to have faith. And until it's over, you still got a shot. I mean, that's just some advice. Because, I mean, listen, we were all having a group text yesterday. It's over. It's done. They may not win a game in this series. It's like, no, wait. It's not over till it's, like, officially over. Amazing. What happened yesterday at Dodger Stadium was truly unbelievable.
3: I don't think we said that they were never going to win a game. I was very frustrated. I kept sending in frustration emojis, but I don't think I said that they weren't going to win. Unless I'm wrong.
4: No, no. I, I don't think there was any way they were going to get swept. It would be humiliating.
0: Well, no, you don't want to get swept, that's for
4: sure.
3: But look, man, they're good.
0: They are alive, and I'll tell you what, most people are looking at this series and, you know, and I I get it because of the history here and saying to themselves, this thing's over. But it's not over because the Dodgers are down. It's over because the Braves are going to let Braves things get in their head, which is basically historically they choke.
1: That is true. That is the history of the franchise. They're kind of like uh, the Buffalo Bills of baseball, at least Except they got the one. Yeah, right.
4: Yeah, we don't talk about that year.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, listen, I-, I feel like yesterday, and I think it was said on the, uh, on the broadcast, it- it's 2-1 Atlanta, but just the one game feels like the Dodgers just took control of the series. And I know that's how I think most people are going into today's game with – with the thought of the Dodgers just took total control of this thing. I mean, all the momentum, all the noise, I mean, all the fanfare, it's all on the side of the Dodgers now.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, granted, all that can change with one swing of the bat. You know what I mean? Because these two teams, would you say these two teams are as evenly matched as the Dodgers and Giants were, at least the way the results have played out thus far?
1: They are based on the results, but if you said to me, team for team, roster for roster, on paper, who's better? I'd still say to you, I think the Dodgers are significantly better in terms of their roster, which is why you and I were debating earlier in the week about the use of Urias in the the eighth inning in game two, because I just feel like you go with what got you there and your roster is better.
0: Well, what, what, it, it, what, there's uh, a big possibility that both teams are going to throw a bullpen uh game tomorrow. If not, uh the Dodgers will throw one on on in game 5. It's very possible. So, there's going to be bullpen games coming for each team uh at this point. I, if I were the Dodgers, this were me, I would save Woodies for game 5 and if the because the Braves are absolutely doing a bullpen game um in this game 4 here. So, if I if I were Dave Roberts, that's what I would do. I would just go bullpen for bullpen.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's like, you know, you want to try and tie this thing up, and you'd really like to make sure that you go back to Atlanta with a three-games-to-two lead. This is, the, this is the nervousness of today. I mean, the confidence that I think Dodger fans have right now, George, because of the excitement of the way they came back and won yesterday, yeah. there's got to be a little bit of nervousness now, though, of what will Julio Urias be? You know, Because if we've heard Max Scherzer say that his arm is dead and if we've seen Walker Buehler only be able to go three and change and we know that Urias just pitched a couple nights ago, even in relief.
0: And, And by the way, let's not forget Urias was telling us in September his arm was not feeling so great.
1: Right. So the question is, what do you get from him tonight? Because to your point, if you're going to have a bullpen day coming up and you know that the Dodgers used nine pitchers yesterday, so take the starter out, eight relief pitchers yesterday. I mean, you're taxing, even though they're working, you know, small amount of, of of hitters, you are taxing this bullpen. And so if in an ideal world, what you need to get tonight, if you're Dave Roberts is, you'd like to get at least, at least five full innings from Odias. That would be like on the top of your wish list. Can you just give us five?
0: Uh, I would say that... Y- y- I don't even know if five, I just think two times through the lineup is really all Dave Roberts wants.
1: Yeah. So however that goes, um, but nonetheless, I mean, th- this to me is the nervousness of the afternoon yeah. as we're now about yeah. an hour away from game four. Yeah. You know, what will happen with Julio Urias? What will the best, he be? The
0: best part though, about Julio Urias is not that he's won 20 games. It's not that he's super versatile. The best part is his nickname. Do you know what his nickname is? Tell me. El Culichi.
1: I saw him walk in today with his T-shirt saying El Culichi. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you know what that means?
1: That, well, listen, I couldn't understand in Espanol home run, so tell me. Quadrangular, correcto.
0: Si, sí, si. Sí. Sí. Culichi <laughs> is basically a person who has um, uh, buttocks with a some sort of defect, is the way I would describe it, whether they're large <laughs> or maybe too small yeah. Uh, or something. It's just you know. It's a, that's what it's, it's what it means. It's Culichi. Laura, can we use Culichi? Right? We can use Culichi. It's his nickname. Yeah. Okay. Is there I don't a better
1: definition in English? So Those are a better translation from Spanish to English. I'm no, he's got like
0: uh, a butt thing. You know, like he's got either a big butt, small butt. It's you know, they oh. they people talk about his butt.
1: Okay, just a butt thing.
0: Yeah. Got it. Got he's it. kind of a wide load, right? A little bit. He's thick.
1: I mean, especially you know, legs, butt, the whole deal. Yeah. But Laura, he's a little thick, right? El culichi.
3: I mean, he's Mexican, you know. It just goes <laughs> with the territory. You're a little thick, thick.
0: Yeah. So you know, I'm trying to see if I can find Julio Urias's butt in a picture and see if, uh, because I've never know. I know he's a little wide. You know what I'm saying? Let me see if there's anything here it comes up with butt. Um, Pero
3: también es porque es de Sinaloa, right? Like, and that's no, like, a, a, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. thing over there.
0: Yeah, but it's also about his butt. I mean that's a. But real I thing, feel too.
3: like just okay, super sidetracked. <laughs> I feel like athletes in general are all very. Um, Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> soccer players, term. man. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But they uh, but yeah, it's kind of a two for one with him, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've seen right? He's from yep. Culiacan, 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 right? And he's also kind of got a big butt. <laughs> so it's. A I mean, I haven't
3: checked, but now just for a scientific. It's a, <laughs> go yeah. it's a wide load. I'm going to go see. It's a wide load. It's a wide load.
1: I just, I still, I, look, I know it's, it's now, you know, 22 hours or however long it's been since the Bellinger home run yesterday afternoon. But I mean, can you imagine being in the situation for Cody Bellinger where you've been hurt? You've been, uh, you've been reduced to a 165 batting average. The fact of the matter is, Dodger fans, those of you that are really hyper-emotional about this team, how many times during this season did you say, sit him, trade him, stop playing him, don't need him in the future, he's done here, et cetera, et cetera. And if you could separate the emotion, you might be able to say, but his resume is such that as a young guy who's been dealing with injuries, you don't give up on this kind of a player. And then he shows up in a moment where the ballpark is dead. George, I'm sure you noticed, but during the television broadcast, there was talk of, well, the Dodger faithful doesn't seem to really believe what's going on here and they're starting to head for the exits. And they showed like eight to 10 cars taken off from Dodger Stadium, you know? And, um, you know, the, the intimation was that nobody believes they're coming back. And by the way, this happened on television going into the top of the eighth inning and we know that the game explodes in the bottom of the eighth inning. But, To be in the situation that Bellinger's in, where you've had such a rough year physically and emotionally, at one time you're thinking, will I ever get a hit again? And to come up and get that pitch, that's a ball. I mean, it's high and it's outside. How he puts his bat on that ball and powers it out over into right field, who knows? But what a moment for Cody Bellinger, and one that will live in the history of the Dodger franchise. You'll see that 20 years from now. You'll see that home run. They'll still be talking about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they'll definitely be talking about it if they come back to win the series because then they'll look at it as kind of the seminal moment where that changed the equation for sure. Totally, so, totally. I, I, I Look, you and I had this conversation with Greg Bergman on the air multiple times uh, when he was on here um, sitting in for Linz a couple times. And he he, let it be known, he can say whatever he wants on Twitter now. He absolutely got off the Cody Bellinger bandwagon.
1: Mm -hmm. He wasn't the only one, by the way. So, look, I know we're just kind of giving it to Bergman because he was an easy target because he was very anti-Bellinger. But you Dodger fans out there, and you know who you are. You were the same people that were posting on Twitter. It pains me to say it, but he needs to be sat down. He can't play anymore. You got to take him out of the lineup. You guys know who you are. It's okay. Mm -hmm. That's what being a sports fan is all about. It's emotional. When they're good, you're hyping them. When they're bad, you're down on them. He was bad for a really long time this year. Could not hit. No. But, man, what a moment to come through huge for your team, for your town, for 50,000 fans that are there that thought this thing's over and done. What a moment. I loved it.
0: it. It was an absolute incredible moment. And here's the thing. Oh, Bergman is texting. Hold on a second. What's he saying? I was, but I did in Capital Letters say he proved himself in the postseason. It would change, but he had never done well in the postseason. Oh, I I was, but I did say if if he proved himself in the postseason, it would change, but he had never done well in the postseason. Well, listen, Barry Bonds went like fifteen years without being good doing well in the postseason and then he had an amazing postseason. So it happens. That's baseball.
1: Yeah, but it's also a manager. Who says, Look, I know it's been a tough year. I know things haven't gone well for you. I realize that it's painful when you are walking up to the plate and you're supposed to have a plan, but your head is spinning because you haven't been able to get a hit. Keep swinging. Keep getting into the box. Keep working in the tunnel. I mean, just keep doing your thing. Make adjustments if you have to. Work with the hitting coaches.
2: Believe it. Good. Sing it again. Right. You
1: can't stop, man. You got it. You got to just Laura. have some faith. Yeah. Come on, Cap. Go ahead. People. You want to sing it? People. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I can't hit those at all. Yeah. 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 See, that's what I was telling you last week about Steve Perry. Something special about Steve Perry's journey. The drying, other guy hits the me. same
0: note. I don't know if you realize it. It doesn't that. sound the same to me. He does. He hits the same exact note. Mm-hmm.
1: You can't it's, even it. tell the difference.
0: You yeah, cannot. You can. I'm telling you. If we. I, I, right, I bet you I didn't know song. this. This guy right here is the guy you didn't think could hit the note.
1: Nah, not buying it. Okay. That's real Steve Perry right there. And if it's not, I will, I will admit that I would stand corrected. But for me, I hear Steve Perry.
0: <laughs> I don't even know. I just made that up. I but... know
1: you did. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Laura's going to find it. She's going to play it again. All right. I think
1: actually it, so it would far. be funny to have a journey off. You yeah. know, who's the singer? Steve Perry or the other guy whose name yeah. I don't even know?
0: I don't know his name either, but he is uh, the Filipino gentleman uh, who is the lead singer of of Journey and sounds exactly like Steve Perry, which is kind of crazy when you think about it.
1: Well, I think Cause Sammy Hagar
0: him. certainly doesn't sound like David Lee Roth. Not you know? at all.
1: And, yeah. and Van Halen was was better with Sammy Hagar than David Lee Roth.
0: I mean, I don't know about that.
1: I, mean, I know they were blasphemy. a different
0: band. I feel like they were a little more serious with David Lee Roth. They were a lot more like jovial.
1: Yeah, they were a very professional group under Sammy Hagar's leadership.
0: As opposed to David it. Lee Roth, where they were just you know hanging out, doing their thing, yeah, getting crazy,
1: karate kicks know. in like leopard skin leather pants,
0: right? Exactly, and probably you know frolicking, <laughs> gallivanting, as they say. Yeah, uh, well, Laura, let me hear let me hear another song here real quick before we go to break. This is a live version.
1: Okay, who do you think this is, George?
0: I mean, I can, I know who it we is. We drifted
1: apart. Yeah. Well, if it's not Steve you Perry, sing you're this right. Part, Cap. It does sound a lot like him. Come on, with open arms, nothing to hide believe what i say so here i am with open arms what do you guys think so which one is it um you're right it's very hard to tell i'm gonna go with steve perry because i think that's who it is
0: no it was arnel pineda who started oh wow uh, so well,
1: you're right couldn't tell yes. the difference mm-hmm. could not go. tell the difference there you, there you go. go well you're I welcome correct all
0: right coming up next now we got through the good stuff Now it's time to get serious. I don't know about you, Cap, but I've got a lot, a lot to say about the Lakers. I know it's only one game, and I'm going to preface it by saying, yes, I understand that. But there are legitimate concerns about this team that they need corrected sooner rather than later. Uh, We'll get to that on the other side.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: You know it's funny. Keep this one going for a minute, Laura. There's a lot of like NBA arena anthems like over the last year or so, but this one for whatever reason makes me feel about makes me feel like Staples Center. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if you chose it for that reason, but
3: I did because yeah. uh they uh ESPN LA posted something with Westbrook like jamming to Nipsey, so I was like I got to play this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is very staples like pregame guys are warming up doing layup line you know what i'm saying That's like my favorite part of the game like as the game is about to tip like the the layup line cap when i'm when i'm working a game
1: You like the pregame energy huh
0: Oh i love it I love yeah. the pregame energy I like to see guys shooting I like to see guys in the layup line I like to kind of see where their where their focus is cuz you know i'm standing there right next to them you know what i mean like i get to see them all um, so I get a good feel for how guys are feeling. The pregame warmups are good, too, like before anybody's in the arena. Like, that stuff matters, too. But, um, but that is always fun because the music is blaring. The crowd is starting to get in. They're getting ready to, you know, the organ's about to start playing. The whole nine, the music, all of it. The, the lights, everything. Yeah.
1: yeah, then the game starts. And, um, you know, George, I'll tell you, the excitement of the Dodgers yesterday, I can't say that, that it was the opposite end of the scale you know what I mean? For, for the Lakers. Because one team in, in the Dodgers is playing game like 170, something like that. Do I have my math right? I mean, they're, they're playing. I mean, probably more than. Well, no, that sounds about right. Maybe and 170. 162 yeah. plus yeah. 163, 5. Is, yeah, like, like somewhere in that neighborhood. Like 170, yeah. 171. That's game 171 unofficially versus game one. Just stress, straight out of the preseason, an 0-6 preseason that barely saw anybody playing. It's certainly not this team together that we expected. So, you know, I wasn't really sure could could the high of the Dodger game be offset in any way by whatever was about to happen in the Laker game. And you said you got a lot of things to say and you got a lot of concerns. I'm curious to hear what those are because for me, I'm just looking at what happened last night going, that's Game one. It's gonna take some time here. What what are the concerns though that you see?
0: Yeah, real quick, I want to tell people that this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. Yeah. Um, before I get to that though, um, w- let me ask you a question, Lindsay. Go ahead. Let me ask Lindsay and Laura a question here first. Go ahead. What do I? Uh, what do you think? Who do you think people were more happy to see at Staples Center last night? Steve Mason coming off the Dodger win, doing the double dip, or Adele? It's close. It's I mean, close. it's
4: definitely Adele. Let's be serious. You think so? You sure? Yes. I
1: don't
0: know. What? There was a lot of Adele love yesterday <laughs> at Staples Center.
4: Kaplan's
3: yeah, like, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> not sure about that. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I'm going to say neither.
1: <laughs> oh. Where are we going? Jack. Yeah, Jack is back. Jack is back. Yeah, Jack was back. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: No offense, Man. Mason. Yeah. I it, You know, because Jack's not in every game anymore. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? He's
3: older,
0: he's, man. he He does select games these days, Jack. So when Jack's in the house – it's a good call, Laura. When mm-hmm. Jack's in the house, uh, it, it definitely feels a little different. Now, he, here are my concerns, Kaplan. As I watch this and, – and we talked about this a little bit the other day. I told you the Lakers' defense to me is – you asked me, like, give me one thing you're, like, worried about, right? Because mm-hmm. I said, look, they'll, they'll figure out the Westbrook thing eventually. But the defense – there's not a lot of good defenders on this team not named Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kent Basemore's pretty good. You know, know, LeBron is going to have moments, but I don't think he's going to exert himself on defense every play in the regular season at 36, 37 years old. Like, I don't think that you should expect that from him either, to be honest with you, with the kind of load he has to take on. But um, the defense is a problem with this team. And I think that there are a couple of ways to potentially fix this. And I think it's why they signed Avery Bradley, because they at least know what they're getting out of him on that end. And he actually played pretty well. Which
1: was uh, shocking wins. that he was even in the game late in the game. Because if you look, he played eight minutes. But it seemed like all eight minutes were in the fourth quarter. In fact, they, they may have been. They
0: needed it. They yeah. needed an injection of life. And there's mm-hmm. a guy that Frank can trust. Like, he knows he can trust him. And uh, he's got familiarity with with some of these guys. And, and that Both there's that. Yeah. Um, but I think they need to figure out a defensive lineup and or Anthony Davis needs to play center full-time. Like, enough of this already. Just enough. Enough of it. Like, this team, even if he, even if they found the defensive lineup, in theory, okay, Bradley, LeBron, AD, maybe Dwight, and then, you know, pick another guard, right? But, or, you know, Russ, I guess. But he's not really a defender. But. Like, that lineup is still, like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's good. It's not great. Like, it's good. But, you know, like, I I guess that could be your defensive lineup. But you still got, I don't know, 48 minutes in a game. (laughs) So, you're going to have to figure it out. And here's the deal, man. Like, I think Anthony Davis, you remember Richard Jefferson came on this show and said Anthony Davis is a top five player. Or, excuse me, a top five talent but not a top five player. And I look at this team, and we talked about this. I told you I have talked to people around LeBron, and their thought process was, these guys want to recreate kind of what LeBron had with the big threes in Miami and in Cleveland, okay? And now, there comes a sense of sacrifice with that, Cap. And and, and LeBron, at this stage of his career, is willing to sacrifice some. Like, you, you can just kind of see, like, he's, he's being very accommodating to Russ, even though Russ had a rough game. But you know he's been accommodating at times certainly to anthony davis like he's been very deferential i think to him uh, particularly in his time here but i feel like anthony davis need this slow dance of playing center to me is just driving me nuts yo man chris bosh played center as an undersized center in an era where there were still centers playing <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> like play center already you're the cheat code and the way to unlock the cheat code is by you unlocking it and playing center
1: well, look. First, I'll start with this. I'm glad you're saying that because it drives me absolutely insane. You know what I mean? It really, honestly makes me crazy when you're as tall, as strong, as heavy, as skilled, as talented as Anthony Davis is. Athletic? Why, well, yeah, athletic. Why is everybody skirting around the ego? You know, dude. Look at your body. Look at the game. A man of your size plays this position. He doesn't stand outside the three-point line. No, no, and no. Take he can shot. do that. I don't have a problem on occasion, that. on occasion, no, no, not even on occasion. I don't have a problem with
0: them on offense. I'm talking about on defense. I understand. He what needs you're to be at. the anchor. I playing got center. it.
1: I got yeah. it. I'm, what I'm getting at is this. You should play center. You, your position should be center. You should be thinking about how a center can control a basketball game. And in my opinion, everybody skirts around the ego of I don't want to play center. I want to play more of this wing position. I want to shoot the ball from outside. And look, he's got a couple of shots in his career that you say, okay, on occasion, he can make a big shot. We get it. But playing center, your point about defensively, I think you're exactly right. You gotta be a big man. You know, you can't have a big man's body and a small man's mind. You gotta have a big man's body and a big man's toughness in mind. And I wish that he would be that all the time. But... I'm not here to, to knock on anything Anthony Davis did last night, because, George, here's what I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything good or bad to say about the Lakers last night. In fact, I don't think I'm going to have anything good or bad to say about the Lakers for about 20 games or so. Right. Let me watch them put it together. Let me see how it's all going to gel. Let me see how pieces of the puzzle are going to fit. And after about 20 games... Then let's start really judging. No, uh, listen, what you they and I are. had that specific conversation the other day,
0: like, and I specifically cited to you. Twenty games is the barometer, generally speaking. But I'll tell you this: unless Anthony Davis starts playing more center, it, it, the defensive issues are not going to be fixed. This is going to be a bad defensive team if they don't if they don't remedy that part of it.
1: Well, I don't know about you, um, but I didn't have high expectations for yesterday's Lakers performance.
0: Really. Uh, no, you didn't I mean, think you thought they were going to lose to a, to the Warriors. Well, like if me, I would have told you, like if I would have told you, Clay's still not playing, mm-hmm. right? The Warriors are coming to town, and then I get to tell you in hindsight, right? Hey, Steph Curry's only going to score 21 points on 21 shots.
1: Well, keep going. If you told me that Anthony Davis was going to score 33 and LeBron was going to score 34, right. everything you're getting at is building right. a case for me right. to say, yeah, I expect the Lakers to win.
0: Right. If but. you look at the, let me, let me give you some more stuff on that mm-hmm. because the, the Lakers, the way it went down to me was wild. Okay. They, I think if I recall correctly, it's only like the third time that they've both scored that 30 points and lost together. Yeah. Here it is. Tonight was the third time the Lakers, this is from pick, at Pickup Hoops, who does a great job covering the Lakers. Uh, tonight was the third time ever Lakers have lost when LeBron and AD complied for 60 plus points. They're 24 and three in such games.
1: Okay. All right. Good number. Let me throw one at you. You ready? Do you know what LeBron's record is since he's joined the Lakers on opening night?
0: Uh, I don't think they've won on opening night.
1: You're right. You're exactly right. The Lakers yeah. with LeBron are 0 and four right. in opening nights. So previous to last night, 0 and three. The Lakers in the last 11 years. Now, I grant you, the roster has changed, coaching staff changed. I mean, a lot of changes have gone on in the last 11 years. But in the last 11 years, the Lakers are 3-8 and eight on opening night. So, for some reason, last night, given the preseason of 0-6 and, and the fact that guys did not really put a lot of energy and effort into the preseason, my expectation last night was very, very low. And no, I just didn't expect them to have some dominating win, and when they lost, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I guess my biggest surprise, and it gets back to what you're talking about defensively, is to go into the fourth quarter with a lead. And I think it was 85-83, somewhere around there, going into the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, it's like Golden State blew up, and the Lakers kind of folded, because it just didn't look like they had anything to control Golden State.
0: Yeah, it, well, listen. Golden. Here's the thing Golden State did all day. we got to run here because we're up against it. But... They got open shots all game long. They just weren't hitting them in the first half. But they got a ton of open looks. And then what happened was in the second half, those same looks were there and all those defensive breakdowns that Anthony Davis was talking about after the fact, um, you know, they they just nailed the shots. Look, we can get into the Westbrook part of this on the other side because I do have some opinions on that. Let's get into that. We'll get back to the Dodgers. And by the way, Jared Goff's coming to town. There's plenty there too.
5: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So, Cap. Yes.
0: While we've had all this extra time mm-hmm. without a show because we only have an hour of power today and tomorrow, Like, what, yeah. uh, what have you been doing
1: with your life? Oh, Oh, I'm glad you asked as a matter of fact. Because guess what I did last night? This was late last night. I stayed up two hours. Laura, you're going to be proud of me, all right? Uh, Lindsay, you're going to be proud, too. I watched the final two episodes of Squid Game last night.
4: Oh. Wasn't the ending super weird?
1: It was very strange. It definitely caught me off guard. I didn't love, love, love the ending. But, um, you know, I, I, I had to get there. You know, you know, when you when you're binge mm-hmm. watching a show and you just got to get to the end, you can't take it anymore. So that mm-hmm. was me last night. I was like, you know what? That's episode, whatever. I'm like, all right, I got to I got to watch. I got to watch the last one. So I stayed up late last night. watched the last one. So that was one thing I was doing, George. I'm glad you asked. And the other thing I was doing, because last night I was watching the Laker game on my phone because I was sitting at a community college soccer game that my my daughter was playing in. And this was a battle between the first-place team, our team, and the second-place team. And we wound up winning the game 1-0. It was tense. It was physical. And so, yeah, I was putting in some time with the children last night. Excellent. How about Excellent. you? Excellent.
0: Um, I was just watching sports, actually. So, yeah.
1: You know, it's funny. I've just been thinking about this. Sunday, all day in a bar, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. watching football, 4 o'clock starting to watch baseball, then starting to watch more football, then Monday night more football than yesterday, baseball into soccer for me into basketball i mean man this is the greatest time of the year when you got all this stuff going on at the same time am i right everybody i mean is this not great this is awesome
0: uh it is awesome uh laura by the way is disappointed in you did you know that
1: why is that because i haven't gotten back to ted lasso
3: yeah when you're like laura you're gonna be proud of me and i'm like ooh, he finished ted lasso then you said squid games i'm like hmm. I haven't finished good games, so, I mean, I'm proud that you finished something. Right. You have, ne- you have not. Yeah, you
0: never finish anything.
1: No, I'm one no of those kinds of people too. that start things and don't finish them. Yeah, it's true.
3: Pero, but, finish Ted Lasso, por favor.
1: I'm going to. I'm gracias. going to finish Ted Lasso. I'm probably going to get back to it tonight. Remember, I'm on the episode where Coach Beard is apparently going to go you know, clubbing on oh his own. Oh, my God. That was such
3: a weird episode. I was it like, was what? a super
0: fun, weird, trippy episode. I yes. was
3: like, I felt... <laughs> I felt like I needed to be on something to watch. Yeah, and that. Yeah, it was super
0: trippy. Yeah, it was very trippy, um, but fun. I thought it was really funny because it was super trippy.
1: I know. I got to see um, if I have the energy tonight after this this Dodger game. Who's who knows? What's going to happen tonight, you know? You, you got Julio Urias, and we're all kind of looking at this kid saying he's pitched more innings than ever before. George, you've pointed out over and over again that he talked about how tired he was towards the end of the season. We know about Scherzer's exhaustion. We saw what happened to Bueller last night. We realize how few starting pitchers the Dodgers actually have. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight, so we'll see if we have, we have what it takes to get back to Ted Lasso after this Dodger game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll have uh, what it takes you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if you or you'll have. I don't know if you'll have what it takes. Rather,
1: <laughs> I may not. I'm not sure because I also got to throw in another thing. You know, you ask about these. Uh, you know, time. I got to go to a, my daughter's senior night of field hockey. Ugh! Anybody ever watch field hockey? That is the worst. There is nothing worse than watching a high school field hockey game. Way to be a supportive Horrible. dad. Well, I am a supportive dad. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take the pictures. I'm going to cheer on the team but I'm telling you right now it is the worst game to watch the worst what soccer no 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 field hockey
4: oh I think there's plenty more things that your kids could be involved in in high school that you'd much rather that you would not rather watch like if they were in like drama club or band like who wants to sit oh, through yeah. a band concert yeah i was in choir hold up oh my mom never went that makes sense now. right oh. there you go
0: oh. that um, kind of explains yeah. everything doesn't
3: it yeah it does actually uh you may
1: be right linds i don't know but field hockey's a horrible game
4: i don't know at least you're outside you can cheer him on it's like who wants to sit through a band concert nobody mm-hmm. Yo, they're actually not bad. They can be good, you mean, but... mean, yo, know, they're, they're
0: not actually that bad? It depends
3: it what type yeah. of... Ba- like, okay, our color guard in our band for our high school was, like, it was good. Like,
4: they went right, to state like, and all like, this other but stuff. But to watch, you know?
0: like, just, like...
4: In, like, the know. auditorium when they're all up on stage, like... Yeah. No, I mean, they work that. hard for that stuff. Sure, I'm sure they do, but to me, I think that's one of the most boring things you can yeah. watch if, you, if you're a Especially when your
1: daughter is playing the mm. Triangle.
4: Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And has like one little note. Don't
4: knock thing. it. That one triangle girl.
3: She felt so good about herself when she hit when she needed to. I mean, damn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Speaking of feeling good about themselves, did you see the whole Kyle Kuzma thing on Instagram or no?
1: Um, a little bit. He took it down, didn't he? He deleted it. Yes. Yeah. So this was him. Like w- w- somebody had said something about. Somebody how the had Lakers.
0: tweeted him yeah. that. Uh, the Lakers are 0-7 without Kyle Kuzma, and then he screenshot it and put it on his story and then eventually deleted it.
1: Well, why delete it? What's the big deal? They are 0-7 without him. Who cares? They're also 0-7 without I, Alex Caruso. I
0: mean, oh, 0-7 <laughs> when you're counting
2: preseason.
1: <laughs> I know. It like, I mean, it's, it's so stupid. Like, if you want to if you want take your shot, then fire your shot. Don't don't go apologizing for it by I, taking it down. I, I
0: agree. I think you look worse by pr- bringing it down, personally.
4: He's so petty.
0: Yeah. He is. He, he is, also he has is. a much bigger, um, like, uh, like he he believes he's better than he is, he and and that's fine. Yeah. We're 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 gonna see, you know, because there's no more quote unquote whole people holding him back, you know.
1: Yeah,
4: he's an overinflated ego.
0: Yeah.
4: hmm
1: Well, listen, I'll, I'll say this though. You know, what I thought was really interesting, just getting back to the Lakers for one second last night, yeah. was that was after the game the talk of anthony davis saying that you know he's encouraging russell westbrook hey dude just be the guy that we traded for that's all you have to do is be Be the guy we traded for and lebron said i told him go home put on a movie that's a comedy laugh forget about tonight it's one game and i think everybody thought i think that everybody thought i'm not really sure what everybody thought but i think that everybody thought that russell westbrook was going to come out last night and put on some kind of show He's home. He's putting on a Laker uniform. There's nearly 19,000 people in the house. He's going to put on a show. I think, George, it's going to take a little bit of time for Russell Westbrook to truly feel comfortable that he's in the right situation. We know what he's been in other places, but now he's got to adjust and they've got to adjust and everybody's got to figure it out together and six games in the preseason of which... Oh, uh, how many did they play? Three, maybe two, three. It's going to take some time here. So, I'm... Oh, I, I don't think
0: there's any question, which is why I'm not really worried. Like, it's going to be a bumpy ride with Russell Westbrook. This is going to be a roller coaster. We, you know, I'm just going to reiterate my position on this. It hasn't changed with him. It, he is compl- having to play a completely different game. And yes, they want him to be him, and that's easier said than done. So I think there's going to be nights where it's going to be, wow, they looked great, and then there's going to be nights like yesterday you're going to be like, holy crap, that didn't look right. Yeah. Uh, so just be ready is all I'm saying. Like No one is trying to tell you that this is going to be easy, particularly during the regular season. Like I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs during the regular season with this particular squad because, you know, say whatever you want, they don't fit necessarily that well. <laughs> so they're going to have to work at it and sacrifice to make it work.
1: Well, listen, um, this is not that dissimilar to people in real life. Meaning, you know, you have a job for a long time. You're really good at it. Now, all of a sudden, you switch companies. Okay. And the reason they got you is because you were really good at the job over at the other company. And you're going to do pretty much the same thing over here at this company. But now there's a whole bunch of new people. Right. And now now I got to work with all these new people who I don't even really know that well.
0: Yeah. Are you talking about you?
1: Well, I'm talking about Russell Westbrook.
0: Sounds like you though. You're talking about you.
1: Well, I mean, listen. I I have gone through this myself. You yes. know, where where the so fact I brought is, it up. yeah. I mean, listen. Here I was. You know, I'm hosting my own show at night. They say, come on down and work with the guys. I come down and work, and it's like, how do I really fit in here? You know, it's hard to figure out. And I I really honestly, since you brought it up, I actually tried to put myself in Russell Westbrook's shoes last night. Like, yeah, that is not an easy thing to do. You have these really great players in LeBron and AD. And you've got a, a city that expects a championship, yeah. And you're coming home, and the expectation levels through the roof. You yeah. know what must that be like? He is human, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, you're right. It must not be easy. You couldn't fit in Russell Westbrook's shoes. shoes. What size does he feet wear? Are not know? as big.
1: I know. I don't know what size he wears. I mean, but... he's probably
0: at least a twelve or like a fourteen or something like that. Right. Like and
1: God. I don't have yeah. feet that big.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, nonetheless. Uh, it, is, it is going to be an adjustment. People just got to relax when it comes to that. But the defense, that to me is the thing you got to worry about. That thing looks like it has very few remedies unless Anthony Davis says, I'm going to play center and just be the safety valve. Uh, all right, we can continue that discussion a little bit. I want to get back to the Dodgers. They're going to have, uh, we're going to have their action here on the station, so don't go anywhere. Dodger game coming up after us. I do want to get to Jared Goff's return. All that in one segment. One more segment here in the Hour of Power.
2: Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: I love Kendrick Lamar, man. I wonder what he's going to do at the Super Bowl. Like, I wonder what he's going to
3: perform. I'm so excited for that. Yeah.
4: Hey, did you guys hear uh, Mason and Ireland ask Sean McVeigh which of all the upcoming halftime show acts he what? would want to see? What? They were like, so who would you rather see? Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Black, and then Sean McVeigh. He, he was like, oh, I want to see all of them. But it was just funny hearing them talk about it. <laughs> I like the way you put on
1: your your voice. You you make a little alteration to your voice. So, Coach, <laughs> which of these acts would you prefer to see at halftime during the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, did Sean McVeigh say something like, I don't plan on watching the halftime show. I plan on being in the locker room at the Super Bowl. Did he say anything like that?
4: No, he I said um, he would rather see Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre because he sees them at their games all the time. Oh, so okay. it's a good answer. That is a solid. answer. But Ireland, you know, he he picked earlier in the show. He picked. Uh, he was like, I would love to see Kendrick Lamar. That is my favorite of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting you, that.
0: You, now you didn't even. Now yeah. you didn't just add the voice. You added like this perfect weird diction to it. Well, I
4: mean it. I mean it's it's Ireland who has like a perfect diction. You know what I mean? Like he does. I I, I mean listening to him talk it's about. Kendrick. Of, close. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fairly. It, it's it fairly, just it's just funny hearing yeah. him talk about how he wants to see Kendrick Lamar.
3: Kendrick is dope though. So AF. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: AF. Yes. AF. Had to add that, huh? Um, speaking of Sean McVay. Um, you know, he said this thing recently about how, you know, he wish he would have handled the golf thing differently, blah, 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 yada, 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 Bro, it's, I mean, listen, it's the, it's the nice thing to say, but we all know you were in Cabo with like Matt Stafford, like canoodling, like, I love you, Sean, but it's okay that you were like over him because you clearly made him like, it's fairly obvious that he was incapable of doing the things you wanted him to do. And he couldn't grow from where you had him.
1: Well, first of all, I love the word canoodling. It's something that I use, and it's, it's something that not everybody does use. So nice usage of canoodling, uh, excellent diction. But, you know, it is interesting how this story comes up this week where Goff is coming back, and we're talking about it like it's some great homecoming. Right. You know, like as if Jared Goff won three Super Bowls with the Rams. He got to the Super Bowl. They scored three points. They gave him a bunch of money. They didn't think he could play a couple years later, and they did everything they could to try and find their way out of it, and they were creative enough to do it. And what they have found and what they have proven, especially to some people like myself who definitely were skeptical, is that you're seeing what's happened here. Uh, Matthew Stafford has helped take the Rams through six games to another level offensively, and Jared Goff finds himself, unfortunately, understanding the life that Matthew Stafford has been living. Because you can be good, as Stafford was, and you can still not win games, and you can be mediocre, as Goff has been through the first six games, and still not find a way to win games. And I love Dan Campbell, the coach from the Lions. We need more out of Jared Goff. We can't evaluate him. Should we be evaluating the head coach? How about the offensive coordinator? I mean, it's all new. What did they expect? They're a terrible team, and they've been terrible, and now they're really terrible.
0: Right. And he's just not that good.
1: Well, listen, I'm not here to tell you that Jared Goff is going to the Hall of Fame, but here's what I can tell you. Dan Campbell, I have a lot of questions about him through six games as a head coach. Anthony Lynn, I've never believed in as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator. He may come to prove me wrong. So when you take a first-time head coach, even though he had an interim stop in Miami, and you take an offensive coordinator whose background is very limited as a play caller, and you put them together with a pretty mediocre quarterback— what what results did the Detroit Lions expect to get?
0: Yeah, I I don't know what they were doing there. I mean, listen, I think, you know, Sean McVay and those guys are really happy. Well, I mean, Stafford wanted to go, so they tried to do what they could. And that's probably the best they could get was a guy who was a former number one overall pick. You know that everyone loves a reclamation project, but it feels like Dan Campbell's already out on him. He's like, yeah, this guy's not that good.
1: Well, if I were Dan Campbell, what I would have done is instead of hiring Anthony Lynn as my offensive coordinator, I'm going to go out there and try and find somebody who's a, and I'm putting this in quotes, a quarterback whisperer, somebody who really has experience having worked with top level quarterbacks. Anthony Lynn is not that guy.
0: Uh no, he's not. He's not that guy. I mean, I think Anthony Lynn is like um is a good football man and I think he's been a good assistant in his career. I just don't know if he's that.
1: Yes. Well, he's definitely not a guy who can point to anybody on his resume and say, "I tutored this guy and he became a pro bowl caliber quarterback." You're not going to tell me about his days in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback. This is the same guy, Anthony Lynn, who last year was starting Tyrod Taylor for the Chargers rather than Justin Herbert. If you can't see the difference between Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert in practice, then you're, you're not, you don't know how to see quarterbacks. So I just don't know what the Detroit lions were expecting. And, um, and it's turned into a a, a disaster. Now, speaking of disasters, could you imagine George? Because remember, Detroit lost to Baltimore, who many people think is now the best team in the AFC. Detroit lost to Baltimore on a 66-yard field goal that hit the crossbar and bounced in. Could you imagine the Lions pull some sort of crazy upset
4: on the Rams?
0: I mean, that would be a disastrous. But it'd be great. It'd be, like, hilarious, but also disastrous at the same time.
4: Can't happen. Can not happen. Do you think that um, Jared Goff is going to get booed really badly when they come back? No. I don't think so. I feel like he will.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's, like, ill will, like, towards him. Mm. I think they're like, hey, man, thanks for your time, you know, but to Cap's point, it's not like you won three Super Bowls, but they'll be, like, I think they'll be cordial to him, like, at least at the beginning of the game. I think the way to do that, to me, always, the way to handle that stuff is very simply just to be, like, you know, be, like, reverent, show reverence, right, early on before the game starts. And then once the game starts... He's the enemy. You know, you boo him, you do all the stuff you would do anybody else.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to need to boo him. I, I think that the uh, the play will speak for itself, and I don't think that the Lions really pose much of a threat. I really don't. I mean, I think playing the Lions is like playing the Giants, and and really the Rams should have the same results. Um, but I think it is interesting that McVay is saying that he expects the fans to show him, you know, some love. because and I, think, I almost think McVay is trying to get into the heads of the fan base, like, hey, guys, cheer for him. We got rid of him. I mean, I think he's playing like this—this this mental game. Everybody, come to the game, cheer Jared Goff, and be thankful that he's no longer our quarterback. I—I I think that's the game that McVeigh is playing. <laughs>
4: okay, I mean, Jock Peterson got booed yesterday, so I feel like people are going to boo Jared Goff. Yeah, well, but I Jack feel like Peterson. when Jock
0: first came back, he wasn't booed. No, he poses yeah, yeah, a threat.
4: You're right. You're right. Good point.
0: I you know, you like that. I mean, that in Pearl the Neckerson playoffs, wear. you're going to boo him, of course.
4: People yeah. should just laugh at Jared Goff when it comes out.
0: Well, wow, that's kind of mean, though. That would be interesting, yeah, an would, interesting reaction. I think that's it's fitting.
1: I, well, listen, you know what? I, I'll say this. Jared Goff was the starting quarterback of the Rams when they got to the Super Bowl very early in Sean McVay's head coaching career. And Jared Goff last year uh, was benched, essentially, had surgery on his hand, had to come into a game when uh, you know his backup got hurt in the first possession and played a pretty darn good game and, and had the Rams in position in that game. So I don't know why there, there should be no hate for Jared Goff. Let me put it that way. Yeah,
0: I agree. Right. There should be no hate, but to your point, it's also like, Hey, he hasn't, you know, it's not like they won a bunch of Super Bowls. you know?
1: Right. You're, you're not welcoming back a guy who was a superstar. And this was isn't a Tom door. Brady. Go
0: back to new England. You know Correct. what I mean? Like exactly. Right, like, relax.
1: Yeah. Your boyfriend. I mean, I mean, listen, Patriots fans were rooting for Tom Brady.
0: Right. So, um, now tonight, Julio ODS, I, I'm stunned that he's going, I man, I would have gone bullpen game here. I don't know about you, but I would have gone bullpen game to match their bullpen game. Like your bullpen is better than their bullpen. I mean, your milk chick brings all the boys to the yard.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, uh, I, I would say this. I really Do you like mean, how I said that with a straight face on top I of very, that. Like I just really snuck did. it in there. Like that straight really face. Good.
0: Like don't even like, not even like a laugh. Not even No,
1: it was very solid. I feel like starting Urias tonight makes sense, Mm -hmm. but my concern is if we've Mm -hmm. seen Bueller struggle to get through, he couldn't even get through four innings, and we've we've heard Scherzer say that his arm is dead, and we know that Urias' arm was already tired because he pitched more innings this year than he ever has in his career, and then the last thing I'll add to it is, and then you pulled him out of the bullpen in game two, which we've gone back and forth about. But you're asking a lot from this young guy, And just like Cody Bellinger, who finds himself in that moment, George, that is going to turn him into a legend, this is a moment where if Julio Urias can give you five, maybe even six, could you imagine if he goes seven strong, he just finds it somehow, digs deep and finds it. This is the kind of performance and the sort of situation and opportunity that takes a really good player and can turn him into a legend.
0: Yeah, oh, I don't think... I mean, I think he's already on that trajectory to begin with. But yeah, I I, I agree. I I mean, I think that this is one of those moments where you remember... And here's the thing. You know, it's funny. Like, I feel like with him, and I could be wrong about this. This could be just me projecting. But I get the sense that with, like, everyone else, they, like... They just, like, hey, you know, Max, do you think you can do this? With Julio, I feel like they just are like, hey, Julio, I mean, you can do it, right? Of course, you're young. You're you're super... uh, you know, flexible, like you're, you know, we, you, know, you got a lot of different skill sets that we can utilize. Like, you're good, right? Yeah, you're good. I mean, they don't, I don't feel like they ask him. I feel like they just kind of tell him to do stuff because he's still like the young guy in the rotation.
1: Yeah, and I think that if they did by chance ask him, hey, how you feeling? You, you think you got it? You think you can go out and do it? Tell me one still player. Say yes. Right, yeah. tell me one player that's going to go, no, sorry, Skip, I don't think I can do it. Why don't you, why don't you go with a, a bullpen game and I'll come back the next night? No, I don't think so. I mean, you give him an opportunity, he's going to take it
0: yeah. All right, we're done here. We've taken our opportunity. Power hour today, power hour tomorrow, and then a 90-minute show on Friday for you. So Cap, excellent work as always. George, phenomenal. Excellent. Uh Laura and uh Lindsay, excellent work as always. The Dodgers. Pivotal Game 4 up next. You're on 710 ESPN.